0: Well, Father Jonathan, how we doing,
1: buddy? Doing pretty well. Pretty well. Same as always. It You know, when you're in a school semester, things don't really change all that much week to week.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Until they, like, change drastically. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, um, I remember those days. I remember those days. But now you and I have completely flip-flopped. I mean, I'm in an active apostolate, and you're back in school. So... See, so it is what it is. Yeah,
1: it is? for now. For now. For now. For now.
0: This too shall end. That's right. We too, we too shall flip flop again.
1: That's right. Um. Yeah, because you're gonna go into school for, however. Yeah, long.
0: forever, forever. Um. Well, hey. So as we record this, we're recording a little earlier than normal. Uh. But I still got a chance to preach. Uh. Today. So I did for the first time in a very long time. I actually had some vigil masses. As we record this, it's actually Saturday and not your our usual Sunday. Um. But yeah, I just finished actually uh, about an hour ago for my second Vigil Mass for the day. So I had two Ooh. other Vigil Masses and so I did an English one and a Spanish one. And um, I listened back already to my homilies and the English one went really well. I think the Spanish one limped considerably. Um, and I think partly because it was the second one. And I think once, like the first time I do it afterwards, like the first repetition, I get anxious of like, I got to make sure I say everything the same, you know? Um but no, it was good. I think the content uh, was well was well conceived and well delivered. Um, I jumped off of uh, what we said last week a little bit about um, not just so part of the homily was about like defining generosity as like not just you know giving enough but giving everything in the most paradoxical way that uh-huh. God asked us to give everything. Um, but then I think the, the the curious twist that I put on it was saying that generosity has two sides to the coin. One is You know, we have to give everything, but then the giver then needs to be complimented on the other side by the receiver. And the receiver needs to give completely in trust of God, too, um, and not just the giver. So, like, it was my way of bringing in the scribes, you know, that they they're not receiving with generosity at all. You know, Um, so there's a receptive dimension to the generosity, not just the giving. So the the church can can ask people to give money, but we need to be receiving it with a trust in God, too.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's a, a really, that's a beautiful way of thinking about relationships, you know, because we talk all of the time about giving yourself totally to your your husband, or your wife, or whatever it is, um, but, like, the idea of that is so scary, mm-hmm. yeah, and the idea of us being taken advantage of is, like, well, wait a second, you're telling me that I need to be vulnerable? Right. It's, like, yes, exactly, because you have to trust that you're your spouse will do the exact same thing.
0: Right. Right. And we'll also receive you like we'll receive you well, you know? Yeah. And so like honing in on the scribes as like their mistake. And this is why I like honing in on it is like their mistake is that it's a mistake that we tend to make a lot in the church is that we, we demand, you know, people to give and give and give. But Mm -hmm. then when it comes to like, how well do we receive it? Well, then we Mm -hmm. we feel it's like entitlement, you know? Um, and so like, how are you generous in your receptivity? I guess it's maybe the point. Um, so we'll see. That's a great point. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, tomorrow, actually, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking how I might edit my homily for tomorrow because I have to do the English Mass again tomorrow morning. Actually, two of them, and so I'll get a I'll get a lot of practice on this homily, which will be nice.
1: Yeah, you know, I I have a bit of advice that was given to me in my homiletics class um, with the good old Dominicans uh, that might help. What's that? If you're afraid of your of saying the exact same thing. Don't do that. <laughs> My professor said you should never give the same homily twice. Oh, good. I like that.
0: Yeah. That's good. I think generally, like, even even not just that specific advice, but maybe generally, too, it's like, don't preach afraid. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like don't be afraid when you're preaching. Just preach. Just do it. Um, well, cool, buddy. Hey, so I got some uh, good news for you. Oh, yeah? This upcoming Sunday is actually the last Sunday before uh, Christ the King. Come on. Yeah, it just Are snuck up on me. me. <laughs> it snuck <laughs> up on me, too. Wow. Holy So, moly. as we're recording, the next Sunday is 33, 33rd Sunday, and then it's Christ the King.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's huge. Yeah,
0: which is why these readings have taken a bit of a, an
1: apocalyptic turn. <laughs> uh, quite, yeah, quite a drastic turn. We've got some, some interesting things going on, some zombies. Yeah,
0: I'm not exactly sure that, like, does this, does the gospel continue on like is this immediately after the widow's might like is this the continuation it just seems like a very drastic shift you know away from like a consideration about generosity and poverty and all that to
1: yeah i mean i don't know perhaps perhaps you know there's this i mean there's a lot going on here okay sure but like man what am i trying to say here um let me mull on that some more. I think there's a connection to be made. Even with uh, the widow's might. Yeah, just this way of pr- being prepared and how are we offering... Kind of what we were just talking about, right? Like, w- what happens when we give so completely of ourselves and we trust so fully that that that's not just so that we can be empty. Right, right. But that will be refilled. Like, I think that's what this apocalyptic language mm. it, it truly is what it that's about. It's that... We're going to all be destroyed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the earth will be no more, right. but that's not the end. Right, right. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know that I love to think about this process of how are we becoming, how are we walking closer to Jesus, how are we emptying ourselves so that we can be refilled. Like, I, I always try to look at these as, you know, progression towards, in this case, you know, looking up into uh, uh, Advent and... and um what is it? Christmas coming up? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I think it's helpful for me at least to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, what's our our proximate goal for the ultimate goal? Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're looking towards the birth of of Jesus, which has that eschatolo- eschatological element to it for sure. Um. Anyway. No,
0: I appreciate that. It, getting lost there. No, no. I think you know. So very quickly, soon we're going to be recording about Christ the King, and I think you're your refrain from this time last year is I think it's still in the back of my mind, which is these apocalyptic readings and things where you're driving at these apocalyptic readings. And then Christ, the King are not the last Sundays of ordinary time. They're the first Sundays of Advent, you know, um, Mm -hmm. they're the, they're the the, the predisposition days before, you know, an Advent cycle that we're really focusing in on the sovereignty of God, you know, and also the end times. And so, you know, Christ, the King picks up beautifully after, this uh this set of readings because you know no one knows the day or the hour but not not even the son but only the father and then immediately after that we're going to be you know hailing him as christ the king of the Mm -hmm. universe you know um yeah and so no i think it's it's a beautiful end of course of the liturgical year but it's a beautiful beginning of of contemplating the incarnation you know as not just like we're not waiting in joyful hope for the coming of christ at the end of time but like the way that we celebrate christmas has to have that urgency and i think that's one thing that i would say is permeating these readings is urgency um, is maybe a word that I would focus in on it's not in the text but like the the, the spirit of urgency um, but then also mm-hmm. I underlined in the Alleluia verse the word vigilant to be vigilant so v- mm-hmm. vigilance yeah, that's and a really great word yeah vigilance and urgency and I got to tell you so like those are two good words for uh preparing our souls for eternal life and you know it is an exhortation there to you know reconciliation and all that. But I gotta tell you I think there could be a homily here a little bit provocative about being vigilant at all times, which is the uh verse, um and how that was a disaster for people's like mental health in the last two years. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I didn't even think of that. That's a really great
0: point. <laughs> like, be vigilant at all times. Like People's brains broke, <laughs> you know, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> with this sort of like obsession about the pandemic. And like, obviously, it's a it's a justified concern, you know, and maybe taken to an extreme, of course, in some cases. But that vigilance at all times, you know, I, like, I read news articles still that are exhorting us to vigilance. And I'm like, you can't keep insisting on that. Like, you can't keep that up, you know. And but it is what Christ asks of us in terms of eternal life to be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to stand before the Son of Man.
1: Yeah, you know, I really do, that's something that I that I think about, not in this context, but I do think about this quite often with people that, uh, you know, I talk about this all the time because you don't know how to relax, about people that don't know how to relax. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's this this sense, and I'm very good at it, uh, <laughs> there, <laughs> there's the sense of, you know, in order to be vigilant, I need to always be moving, you know, to be like the shark in the water that can't stop. yes. Or else, you know, like, what am I doing? Uh, I'm wasting time. I'm, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we forget, like, Jesus went off by himself to pray. Right, right. (laughs) He went to take a nap. He went, you know, he did all these things and he went to a party, you know? Right, right. Uh, Like, there are all these moments from Jesus' own life where it's like, bro, you got to chill. Right, right and to contrast that with these very true words um to be ready to be vigilant to be prepared it's like those two things are not mutually exclusive in fact i think to your point of the pandemic like they have to go together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because if if we're if we're not vigilant enough then we will be worked to death mm. when there's no separation between home life and uh and work life right. you know when everything is on zoom
0: right right Yeah. So be vigilant and pray is what it says in the reading. So in the, Mm -hmm. in the text, that's, I think a beautiful way of saying what you're saying is like, you know, in a secular context, like be vigilant and relax, um, you know, but be vigilant and pray like vigilance doesn't have to be the, the hyper anxiety, you know, but it's what is vigilance? It's well, actually, you know, as I'm asking the question myself, I'm thinking like, what does it mean to keep vigil? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, like the days are darker as we approach Christmas, and so vigil to keep vigil sounds like to keep vigil sounds more relaxing to me than mm-hmm. to be vigilant. You know,
1: mm. keep uh, definition: keeping careful watch or po- for possible danger or difficulties. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's different than keeping vigil, I guess, because keeping vigil is waiting and joyful. Well, keep, you're, keeping hope. You yeah, know?
1: I mean, in the religious sense, but it. I think it's you're keeping careful watch when you keep vigil. Yeah, yeah. When you're when you're yeah.
0: Yeah. So, hey, so if we if we focus in on that word, vigilant, you know, you can time the pandemic. I think you can have a whole homily about that, maybe be a little polemical, but, you know, try to focusing in on how like the end times is something that should stir in us a desire for confession, you know, desire for like a wake-up call, you know, a sort of wake-up call, you know, at the end of this liturgical year, like how are we, I don't know, preparing our souls for eternal life? I don't know. I mean, that may be platitudinal.
1: No, I think it's, an. I mean, it's a message that certainly is, that we find both in Advent and in Lent, you know, this, this idea of the memento mori, yeah. that if we're not doing this for a purpose, then like, we're just wasting our time. Yeah. You know, if, if we can't keep in mind, mo- like, I think that's the beauty of the, of these apocalyptic readings is, as you just said, they kind of shake, shake us out of our complacency and help us to realize that there's something bigger going on. And if I just, and it's very easy to miss it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I just, you know, keep my keep my head to the ground and do what I got to do. Right, and, right. You know, I can't ever talk to people because that could be seen as, you know, being lax with whatever it is I've decided that I need to do. Right. It's like, there's a beautiful world out here waiting for you to, that God is, has created for you. hmm mm-hmm. Like, can you open your eyes? Because guess what? It's not going to be around forever.
0: Right right no that's good that's good um hey and that's a that's a very poignant way of also talking about the pandemic you know is that like we, we yeah c- for sure you can't just stay locked in all the time you know um
1: what and think about the psalm verse and in, in that uh 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 in that light you are my inheritance O lord right yeah i was just gonna jump you there are my like lord you are my like not the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you know, it's a part of it has been given to us, sure. Right, right. But like the Lord holds, as our conversation went the other day of, of um, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, um, with the greatest commandment being the context with which we understand all of the other commandments, I think this is how we understand the world and all those other things that God has created for us, because Lord, you are my inheritance. Yeah. You are my allotted portion in my cup. Yeah
0: you know, one thing that is on my mind right now a little bit is, uh, okay, this is, this is probably too controversial. I don't know for a Catholic context, but, um, I I think, I think part of the urgency of the eschatological readings, it it brings up in a lot of Catholics, this sense of like, you know, like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, am I going to be damned? Am I not going to be damned? Um, but this Psalm verse is so hopeful. Like, it's not just that, like, it's the confidence of someone saying that you are my inheritance, O Lord. And like, That inheritance is also Mm -hmm. given to me today. Like I have, like, do we believe that we say that, that the Lord is with us today and not just in the future, but like, can I rest in hope, you know, and have assurance, maybe not assurance. I don't know. Hope at least that like, I don't have to be afraid of the end times. Like, I mean, this is your favorite line is that you're not going to be surprised in hell, but it's like,
1: yeah. Well, look at that last part of the, of the Psalm. You will show me the path to life. Which
0: he has. You will. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, he has. He has. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's my whole point is that the path has been shown to us. It's up to us to, to walk it or not. Right. And that's my whole thing about surprise. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I guess, so this is just bringing it back to vigilance. Like, I just think it's, it's one of the things that's important in terms of like, how to be vigilant without being anxious. I think, I think the anxiety Mm -hmm. comes in because I don't have hope that like, God is actually with me today. Like, that's real, mm-hmm. you know? So, I have no reason to be anxious because God is with me today. Maybe, like, that anxiety comes in because I don't know what's going to happen, you know, in the future. But it's like, why do I need to worry about the future if today— But it-
1: that's but that's hope, though, right? Mm. Like, when you're not—when you can't trust your own senses or your own feeling that God is there, you know he is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And he's here with me. And so, like, I, I'm vigilant.
1: Even if you can't see it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm vigilant, but I'm not anxious. Yeah. You know? Um, And how the end times, you know, I need to keep vigil for it, but I don't need to be anxious about it. You know? Because do I really believe that God is with me? Actually, this comes up in a lot of conversations around, um, you know, like the demonic type stuff. Some people get really, like, freaked out about it. You know? And it's like, do you have faith in God? Like seems like some people have more faith in death or faith in the demonic than they do in God himself, you know? And it's kind of this whole point of being vigilant but not being anxious, you know?
1: That's right. You and I have had this conversation often. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I love things like horror movies.
0: Right, right. Um, It's like, trust the Lord. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll protect you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What else? What else could you pivot to?
1: You know, I I keep going back to this. I love... um, I love Hebrews. It's so confusing. And I think this one is also confusing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's... I mean, obviously, there's there's got to be something in here that we can... how we can tie it in. Yeah. Um, Every priest stands you know, daily at his ministry. Yeah, but like <laughs> offering frequently those same sacrifices that can never take away sins. Oh, never what mind. What does that mean? <laughs> well, so, yeah, the
0: Levitical priests, you know, they stand daily at the altar yeah. and they don't actually do
1: anything. Yeah, yeah yeah but Uh, the one offered you know you know and focus on focusing on jesus the one that does Mm -hmm. that does Mm -hmm. um you know well yeah we're not gonna get in there it's neither here nor there i gotta say looking at the old testament sacrifice i just gotta
0: say i think hebrews is doing its own thing buddy like i just think it's it's in its own world (laughs) right now like it's i'm not even sure it's worth preaching on you know like i hate to say that you know but like not not generally speaking but just it doesn't really fit. And <laughs> what do we with these first this first reading in the gospel? Like the past couple of weeks, it fit very beautifully. Whether it be you know the uh, the hero Israel or the widow's might, like it just fits beautifully. But with this, it's like every time Hebrews just sort of does its own weird thing.
1: Yeah. Well, what about this line here at the end? For by one offering he has made perfect forever those who are being consecrated.
0: Oh, that's it. The word forever. That's the key.
1: Yeah. For for by one offering see i'm, f- I'm f- of, his bo- of his body you see he has made perfect forever yeah see the the word forever is important to me
0: just because we're talking about the like the eschaton the eschatological stuff mm-hmm. you know and everything else and it's like it's not just that his offering was perfect back at calvary and you know in the empty tomb but like forever you know and we who are being consecrated like that's a progressive tense you know we're being consecrated in him mm-hmm. um So like our salvation is happening, you know, through Christ.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got to say this, this, if I were in a parish context, this is something that I would go all in on and like figure it out because it just doesn't make sense.
0: (laughs) You'd go in all, all in on Hebrews. Yeah yeah i don't know i go for it i mean i think you could totally
1: actually one of these sundays since we've been doing Hebrew. i mean just to figure out because we're so we're, we're so often convinced that no it's the scriptures that are wrong because i don't understand this <laughs> it's like wait a no, second no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: the problem is me for sure for sure um no fair enough fair enough i think it would be like if if you're thinking about all of the last five weeks with hebrews like that could just be a really good one-time homily now you know looking mm-hmm. back at all of them and see the see the the progression you know.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Um I don't know. I just think it, it would take me a little bit far afield from the, the gospel. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So okay, let's we haven't done this in a while, but let's like take a step back. Okay. We've kinda got lost in the weeds there with Hebrews and uh you know, all that jazz. Yeah. What like what's the what's that takeaway? What's the that good word?
0: Yeah. Um I I am drawn to the word vigilance and anxiety Mm -hmm. and like that would be the homily I think that I would try to build is like Mm -hmm. be vigilant but don't be anxious what does that mean and like there's a homily there about hope you know it's like hope is vigilance without anxiety maybe that like that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of my takeaway
1: yeah I like that I like that you know and this this line from the gospel that I think is very often misunderstood this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Yeah. Maybe speaks to that. You know, like pass away there is not this kind of temporal sense. Maybe okay, maybe it is, right? But like Yeah, are we do we trust that the Lord has prepared that path for us? Hmm. Yeah. All these things have they taken place?
0: Right. Right. I mean...
1: Or or are we just going to be like, oh, I guess I just missed it by that much.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. For sure. I mean, one way to read that is that, like, the letter to the Hebrews thing is that, like, until all these things have taken place, like, his offering has taken place, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's what wins our salvation, you know? Um, and maybe another sort of, like, silly tongue-in-cheek way of, of reading that is that, like, we're reading Mark, you know? Like, his... His legacy lives on through his text, you know? Um, mm-hmm. It's like they will not pass away until all this stuff has taken place, you know? Um, so anyway, I would say my parting thought is about hope and being vigilant without anxiety. How about you?
1: Yeah, no, I like that. I'm probably going to steal that. <laughs> um, I think that's a good way to go. I, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Cool, man. I like that.
0: All right, dude. Till next time, I'll see you very soon for Christ the King. All right, pal. All right, man. Peace out.